Well, hello and welcome to our video recording. My name is Alexey Balaganski, I'm a lead analyst at Cooking Your Call, and I have a really fascinating topic for us to discuss today when artificial intelligence meets IoT. Does the public perception reflect reality? And I have a really great guest uh, today, which is Tom Langford, who is a security advocate at Sentinel One. Tom, welcome. Hello, Alexey, and thank you for having me. Great uh, uh, having you in this discussion, and I guess we should really start with uh, the basics. Uh, what exactly are the basic terms we are discussing today? What is artificial intelligence and IoT? Where to begin? I remember kind of reading about artificial intelligence like decades ago, maybe over 30 years ago, and even then it wasn't considered a new or a breakthrough topic. It was something which existed for Decades, over 60 years probably. So why suddenly it became such a buzzword? Why uh, this huge breakthrough? Why the public uh, has so high expectations from AI and its applications? I I think um, the the breakthrough and the the, the public perception of it can really come down to one word, excuse me, and that's marketing. Let's, Let's be clear, you know, AI is a marketing term. There's there's the old joke, or maybe not even that old joke, that you know, if it's written in a coding language, it's it's machine learning, and if it's written in PowerPoint, it's AI. Right. Uh, because you know, and if we're, we're not really talking about real intelligence, we're we're talking about the the ability to absorb and process a vast data sets that allow certain decisions to be made. There is not an intuitive level of intelligence or, dare I say, even sentience involved in that. And that said, it's a term that's uh, accepted and used, you know, in the market, in the industry and around the world. You know, so it's not to say that it's it's wrong as such. But let's be clear that actually until we get to the stages of quantum computers in the home, it's very unlikely that true artificial intelligence is going to exist. Well, I can only agree with that assessment because my personal opinion, uh, and by the way, uh, an opinion of a person studying uh, mathematics and quantum computing and AI itself quite a bit in the university, and that, yeah, AI is just another level of uh, abstraction. Like uh, 50 years ago, you would have to learn machine codes to write programs. 20 years ago, you would have to learn Java, and now basically you have to learn Python and machine learning. But you are still solving a business problem, or you still have to have knowledge in that business problem or domain, if you will. And the computer will never replace it, because the computer is just uh, doing things quickly. It doesn't uh, do it any smarter than me or you. It it, it gives the impression of intelligence because it's getting the the um the data and the information and the answers much much quicker reminds me of the story of uh, <clears throat> IBM's uh, Deep Blue the the computer that uh, beat Gary Kasparov at, at chess and one of the things they actually programmed it to do was to pause before making decisions for random periods of time so it gave the impression that it was thinking. Um, you know, in order to psych out uh, Gary Kasparov. So he was, you know, if if he knew that the computer was just making a decision, boom, very quickly, etc. He knew it was a very cold, calculating thing, but they imbued a sense of humanity and intelligence into it in order to challenge him more cerebrally. So 
you know, popular media and, you know, even ourselves, we are creating this sort of persona of intelligence where none exists. Well, to be honest, or I mean, uh, some of those applications are very tangible. I mean, I have a, a smart voice assistant at home. I have some pretty smart capabilities in my phone, my smartphone, and I am using some or software products on my computer, which at least claim to be powered by machine learning. So yeah, I mean, it's not fake, it's not snake oil, it exists and it works. And yet, it's machine learning. And yet, uh, I mean, where are all those uh, robots uh, from Asimov's books? Where is the Skynet, the Terminator? <laughs> I know, I know, right? I mean, just in case, you know, I'm very comfortable with robot overlords in case they do actually take over the world. You know, I've always liked robots, as a, you know, in, in, in case they go back through the records. But yeah, absolutely. Where where are these things? You know that the 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 computers are purely automatons. They're doing very um, pre-directed, you know, pre-managed tasks, but in a very cleverly put together way, and in a way like Deep Blue, in a way that imbues it with intelligence and you know um, artificial intelligence when actually it's not it's it is purely programmed behavior right but still or some of those behaviors are pretty impressive and i would argue pretty useful yes oh absolutely absolutely it's like you know we're talking about iot for instance it's like iot there's a lot of there's a lot of um <clears throat> paranoia out there i mean you talk about smart devices and you know the the alexas the series the the the, the googles etc um, you know, and there's a lot of paranoia out there. Some of it is very well founded, you know, without a sh shadow of a doubt. But, you know, IoT devices are, have been around for a long, long time, much longer than people realize, um, you know, with that level of intelligence. My washing machine has is an IoT device. You know, my, my watch pings when my washing machine stops, for goodness sake, um, you know, and tells me that I need to unload it or, or wherever. They are simply everywhere. Your car, your phone, your watch, um, glasses, you know, etc. Audio glasses, whatever. They're absolutely everywhere. Fish tanks, um, uh, which you know, in, in of itself is a whole other problem. Industrial control systems. IoT is anything with a chip that gathers and disseminates and responds to some kind of uh, input and data. Well, just to remind to our viewers that IoT stands for the Internet of Things. And uh, think are basically those smart against smart uh, quote unquote intelligent objects which are operating or in absolutely any area of our daily lives. And internet yeah. stands for the fact that all those devices communicate to each other, to us humans, and to the cloud overlords. Yeah, I mean, Internet of Things itself, great marketing term because you know. Is it a thing? Yes. Well, it's it's an IoT device and it's part of the Internet of Things. I mean, you could throw virtually anything into that bucket, you know, without without even realizing it. So, yeah, brilliant marketing term covers such a vast, vast range of uh, of devices and applications for the betterment of human society as well as to the to the um, you know to, to the. Uh, against that betterment. Well, I guess anything with an IP address is an IoT device nowadays, right? Yeah, and, unless right. it's a computer. Yeah. And actually, I counted, I think currently at the moment at my home, I have at least 25 IoT devices around me. Some aren't even mine, 
So I have no direct control yeah. over them. Is that a problem? I, I mean, it is a problem, but how big of a problem is it? What do you think? Yeah, I think it can be a problem. And I think, you know, the UK, for instance, is just one government that's trying to do something about this by creating a charter and a set of standards and a set of, you know, how Internet of Things devices should be sold in the UK and the support they receive, etc. Because there are some very good practices. You know, if we look at some of the larger manufacturers of light bulbs, you know, the smart light bulbs, etc. Each one of those is an IoT device in its right. Some manufacturers, generally the larger ones with, you know, um, greater resources behind them, regularly maintain them, regularly supply updates, regularly ensure security patches are applied, um, and that strong passwords and 2FA are enforced when you set the devices up. There are, you know, for every one of those, though, there's 10 other companies that are just taking the latest chip that they can, the latest cheap chip that they can, slapping it on a device, sending it out, they have no intention of updating it beyond the first year. They have no intention of forcing password changes or the or the password, the admin admin password is hard coded into it, for instance. You know, and so you end up with people buying these things for convenience that allows them to do something like control a light or, you know, a video camera for the front door or whatever. And frankly, in a year's time, it, it will become a liability. Uh, because it can be easily attacked. Any kind of uh, a system like Shodan that can scan the internet for devices with brute force, etc., it's going to get discovered. Now, you might not get hit because you're one of many, many millions of people with this, but you also might get hit. You might have find that your network is compromised, and you might not even know what that means until it happens to you. Well, I remember this charming story from about two years ago about a major... Uh, outdoor uh, video camera manufacturer claiming that their cameras are actually powered by artificial intelligence. And it turned out that that artificial intelligent intelligence was actually a bunch of uh, people uh, working low wages in the Ukraine, watching the video footage and manually marking the objects for recognition. <laughs> yeah. so you never yeah, know. Exactly. It's, it's not, it might not even be uh, a hacking attack per se, like stealing your password. It just some random people watching your, well, in the list, in this case, they're watching your front yard, but maybe they're watching your bedroom, for example, footage. Well, precisely. And and that sort of stuff, it's insidious. It's, you know, it's horrific. It's it's invasive. And the fact that they can use that footage to, to blackmail you, for instance. Um, there was a, the, the baby monitors and the cameras, etc. that actually... Um, people were able to connect to from outside and start broadcasting their voices to to babies sleeping in their bedrooms. Right. You know, I mean, that's it's that's a, a an horrific thought in of itself, um, and so, like I said, invasive. And is it is it worse than being burgled and having someone in your house? Well, at least you know they've been there. Um, you know, uh, in this way, you you will never know. It's very difficult to know. So it's. They're, like all technology, it's a double-edged sword. And I think going back to my point about the UK government, amongst others, setting out these standards for manufacturers if they want to sell into this market is, is a good thing that ensures that there is a baseline level of security and good practice on devices that are frankly littered across our uh, across our homes. Absolutely. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. And the only 
problem I see is like, well, can it actually be solved on an individual country level or, or does it have to be some kind of a global regulation? Well, EU is probably no longer an issue for, for, for you. <laughs> Don't talk yeah. to me about the Yeah, but so what about some other uh, kind of uh, international bodies? Absolutely, because, you know, let's face it, I could go to, you know, I could go to America and go and pick up a device where there may not be, you know, very much regulation at all and bring it back to the UK and the internet doesn't care which country it's operating in, right? You know, I could go to China and pick something up or, or you know, South Korea, it doesn't matter where. So yes, you're right, there has to be a global standard, maybe, you know, an ISO standard or whatever, it doesn't matter. But the start is when governments realise that there's something afoot and then they hopefully will start to actually, um, you know, collaborate and come together and then hopefully there will be some kind of industrial standard. But I think, you know, we're still a few years away from that. Hopefully the the first few steps will be taken that will prompt further action as well. Right. Well, kind of uh, going back to our original topic, uh, IoT meets AI. So do you believe that uh, actually adding a second chip, the actual AI chip into an IoT device would make it smarter, safer, or better in any other way? Well, I think that the key thing with uh, AI and machine learning, etc., is that it's done somewhere else. I think you we're not at the stage yet, given the vast data sets that it uses and machine learning in of itself is a <clears throat> very processor intensive, energy intensive. I, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna get to the point where there is, you know, a chip on your IoT device just yet. I mean Moore's law says we won't we'll be there quicker than we think, but uh, I don't think we're gonna be there just yet. But it's 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 that device's ability to 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 understand um uh, 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 to th to think it has an element of of AI about it, uh, <clears throat> and we come to the to to we should be worried about this in a sense if it's spread out because there's already concerns. Was it Microsoft who released a, their artificial intelligence bot onto Twitter, um, and because it was fed some basically Nazi propaganda, the the the, the bot became you know, extraordinarily abusive and, <laughs> and offensive and etc. because that was its learned behaviour. That was, you know, the, the, the thing that was done to it. So there's a whole bunch of other, you know, moral and ethical questions that we need to be answering before that AI goes out into, you know, and onto every single IoT device out there. Hopefully, you know, those questions will be answered in the same way that I mentioned about the standards for IoT devices, etc., but there is a huge amount of, of conversation and, you know, thinking and international agreement that's got to come about because AI is only as good as the intelligence and the, the learning that you give it. Um, it's a bit like the, the hand dryers that don't work on, you know, on, um, you know, Black Asian and Middle East people's hands because they've only ever been tested with, with you know, white people's hands underneath. So you put your hands underneath and if you're from one of the BAME minority groups, it doesn't switch on. Um, now, that kind of intelligence of detecting an object, um, you know, and recognizing it as a hand uh, is not inherently racist as such, but it actually comes across as that. that. That behavior is coming across like that. So we have to be very careful about how we imbue the 
the machines with this intelligence that we're talking right, about. Right, right. Yeah, I guess uh, the whole area of AI explainability and AI ethics is a huge field and a huge minefield uh, for current yeah. and future developers. So let's not tread that way now, but uh, kind of focus on a slightly different thing, which uh, both of us are actually working uh, in for years, cybersecurity. Can we, as cybersecurity experts, do something against it? Can we maybe use AI better than those uh, uneducated engineers, if you will? Yeah, I think we, we play a part. You know, that... In the same way that you know a child is raised by a village, as a you know certain sayings go, I think I think AI needs to be raised by a variety of influencers. You know, cybersecurity being one of them. We talk, you know, as well as you know the scientists and the ethics and the philosophers, etc. Um, you know, I, th- I I think we do play a part, and we do need to uh, ascertain what is. You know, what are the boundaries in which um, AI might be able to operate in in the future? You know, uh, how we can segregate environments so they do act independently rather than actually, uh, um, you know, coordinating or even, you know, working across boundaries when actually that's not going to be in our best interests. So, you know, yes, we play a part, but I think we need to recognise we it is just a part. Security doesn't trump everything else in, when it comes to this right, conversation. Right. So I guess to summarize uh, our uh, discussion, should we uh, fear uh, emergence of Terminators and Skynet? Probably not. At least <laughs> not within the next decade or so, right? No, prob- exactly. I think we can calm down for the moment. But, uh, you know, but whenever you ask your, your, your Google, your Alexa, your Siri uh, a question, I've always been taught to say thank you afterwards. So bear that in mind. That's a great tip. Thank you very much, Tom, for being with us today. And thanks to all our viewers for being with us. See you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.